This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee Trescott, your host, with episode 19 of Thank You Heartbreak. I'm a little heartbroken right now myself because this beautiful mic that I invested in is failing me and I have no idea what has happened. So I figure I could do this on a Facebook Live and then I will be able to turn that into an MP3. Part of the difference with this would be maybe I'll be saying hi to anyone that walks and walks, logs into the room. So hi, Alex. Alex is now with me. Someone has joined me for this podcast. This is the first week where I haven't been able to upload anything because I've had such a jam-packed schedule since I got back to New York on last Sunday. I was on set for two days and then two more days, and it just wipes you out, to be honest. It does. Got to figure that out because I don't want to miss out on these opportunities to keep on turning out work. I don't know what to say about that other than sometimes they will be meandering and I think it's just important to have consistency and I won't always know what I'm going to say, but we will figure it out as I go along. So I guess where I started in my last uh, episode, which was episode 18, and what was so nice about that was I was doing it from the mountains and so unlike New York, though New York does have a nice backdrop right now because it's raining, but unlike New York, it was like all these birds were part of the podcast podcast and it was really cool to listen back to it because I don't know talking about heartbreak and hearing the wild in the back it was just it was therapeutic and I kind of liked that experience I went on to come back to New York City a day early and I ended up staying at this Airbnb and it was just filled with plants it's everything that my apartment is not and you could hear the birds just going by her apartment. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in the great outdoors. Like, what if I was in a situation like that? Hey, Duval, what if I was in a situation like that and could just record in New York City with all these birds around? It did get me curious about the different options there might be of going out with a device out into different parts of New York and trying to capture the sound there. Uh, Howdy, 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 Duval. My dog is having nightmares. I don't know if anyone can hear that. So I'm going to try to stay on track because obviously this is a different vibe. If people come into the room and I want... Zars is having like... My dog's having terrible nightmares. Anyway, it's just part of the life. Back though to what I thought that this episode was going to be about, which was going to be a response that I was saying that, that I was kind of feeling when I was doing episode 18. And that was that I woke up feeling kind of the weight and the burn of my breakup. And I felt like it might be a worthy thing to talk about. I feel I felt really kind of desperate for for my own answers, for revelations, probably really just for growth. I, you know, it, it's weird to say that 
you know, you can have such strength after a breakup. You can have such strength making the decision to break up, but then kind of you can end up, you know, grieving how you thought the fallout might be. And I think for me and and true transparency is that what I really realized after this breakup was that so much of breaking up is being able to withstand the very things that you would you would never ask someone else to withstand. And I guess I'm just so much someone about being of their word. It's so important to me. And a lot in my life, people have kind of played devil's advocate, I suppose, with that belief of mine or that want of mine, saying that people change. They just say things in the moment and they feel them in the moment. But ultimately, their feelings change and therefore their words change and their actions reflect that. And for me, I've had such a hard time accepting that because, of course, if I say that, like, you know, I don't know, oatmeal is the only thing I want to eat in the morning, and then I'm suddenly introduced to, like, burritos, and I want that, okay, like, that, I could wrap my head around that changing. That's really not, that wasn't a big promise I was making to oatmeal. But if it's something like, I would never do this if we're to break up, or, you know, just... I don't know. It just seems like values. It seems like this this sense of integrity surrounding your values. It's a promise surrounding who you think your character is and your capacity to treat someone based on your character. When I see that change, when I see those promises fall off, it's really disheartening. And it comes, I suppose, from one aspect of it comes from, I feel like trust is really is based in people's words, not just in their actions. It's based on really wanting to believe what people say to you. And because I think it's you could live in a very fearful and suspicious world if you realize that you can't trust anything that anyone is saying. And so what I've dealt with after my breakup is that I don't feel like there was a lot of respect for who I am and for my nature and for my values, things that I have to believe that the person I was with knew and chose me over. So things like that I would never make someone feel invisible or that I would never erase our past or I would never treat someone like a stranger that I loved and fell out on good terms with. Those things. And to see how quickly I was like really kind of robbed of that, how quickly that was like thrown in my face and said, hey, deal with all the things that you said you would never do to anyone else that you don't stand for, that I know you don't stand for. I'm going to have you deal with them. And I think that's what was really difficult. That's been something that instead of grieving the relationship, I just grieved a respect that I thought I was going to be given. I think part of grief can be not grieving the way you were loved at the time, but grieving how someone was able to treat you after. Like, I think that real, not real love, but a strength in love. You know, sometimes I'm all over the place with this, but I feel like you can end up grieving the fact that, like, you felt like this was your strongest relationship and you were the healthiest you've ever been. And then you realize that you were dating someone and they were loving you out of weakness and they were not healthy. And this probably has happened to me because that's how I was in past relationships. And now maybe I have compassion for the person I was with in the past because I was coming from those places out of weakness. I was coming from a place of dependency. It's been hard for me to see that this love that was so strong afterwards, how I've kind of you know been let go or pushed away or completely in a way devalued makes me see how much I was being loved out of weakness and I think that if you love someone if you really love someone 
that you're able to let them go in a loving way, that you can love them on the way out. And that's something that when I was recording episode 18 and I said I wanted to talk about what I was feeling that morning and I never to record it, those those were a bit of the things. And, and another aspect of it, because at first I really wasn't going to talk about it, I was going to just kind of say like maybe it doesn't matter because I feel like somehow when I'll talk about that, I kind of leaped over, I kind of resolved the things I was feeling without having to talk it through. But another thing that I was feeling that morning was that I feel like I really try to approach the people that I'm with with a ton of compassion around their own actions and and not hold it so much against them. I've tried to have a lot of of softness toward the way that people grieve and let go, so the way that my ex was handling things. And I think part of that is I do believe that there's potentially or, or almost always, you know, within a couple, there's like a, the stronger one. And I think there's a responsibility on the stronger one to, to in a way, be softer and kind of lead by example. At a certain point within this breakup, I decided that I wanted to do things in the way that Chelsea would do them and not just be reacting and responding in a way that he was doing things. I, I didn't want to reflect back the way that he was treating me if the way he was treating me isn't the way that I would treat someone. So an example with that is just, you know, reaching out for Father's Day and, and trying to say something special towards him because part of me doesn't know if he, you know, is being celebrated. And even if I broke up with him, I still want to celebrate him. So that was an example of how I try to use the strength that I felt currently through the, the breakup and, and to extend a level of compassion and thoughtfulness and love toward him. Because in my mind, I have no reason not to. But something hit me when I was in Highlands and something hit me that I woke up with that morning when I was recording episode 18. And it was almost like I'm kind of over being the strong one. I'm kind of over being the one that extends the compassion and shows care when I have lived in love and out of love about above all one must care and to show your thoughtfulness, to show your appreciation. And the fact that it hit me that none of that is being given back to me. And again, you can't do anything expecting it to be reciprocated. But at the same time, there is this element where I have to reconcile the fact that I was dating someone that afterwards has had zero ability to show any sense of, is she okay? And it's not okay to me for someone to just assume that you have strength and assume you're all right and therefore never think to to wonder if you are. I think what trips me up a bit is that I let not only him but two other people into my life as kids. And that was the first experience I had of that. And there was never any sensitivity around the fact that I was losing not one person but three people. And I get it. I was always coming from the, the perspective of like, oh, well, I was being lost and that's difficult. But I think I'm at this point where I don't know if it's, I don't know if the way to encourage someone to is to always just be the example and to kind of allow for behavior that is very dismissal and very one-sided. So something that I felt recently, you know, days after that happened is that I can care about someone because I always want to be able to care about someone. If I cared about them once, I feel like that's all it takes in my life. I will still care for someone. But what maybe can change is that I will no longer be caring. And that is a hard thing for me to get to. It's almost like this breakthrough for me. And 
I actually came to that thought when I was, it was like on set Thursday, I was walking and it just came to me. I can care for this person. I can care about this person without having to be caring anymore. And by caring, I mean to be extending my care, to be extending my curiosity, to be extending my celebration of them. That's kind of what was going on in my head during episode 18 that I said I was going to talk to that I never did. And at that time, I felt like in order to kind of come into a fuller realization or to kind of let go of some of the weight that I was you know, feeling, I felt like there was two options for me. I could write about it. I could write my way into insight and knowledge and revelation, or I could speak my way through it. What ended up happening is I had to go home early. I had to fly back to New York early and I never got to do either of those things. And yet somehow when I flew in, when I got in on Sunday, I felt a dramatic change. I did. I felt this shift and the shift didn't come because of logic. It didn't come from using logic to or reason to or confrontation to find my way into releasing something that I was holding on to. It was simply a feeling that I had. I, I, and again, I, I said that like maybe I'm talking too soon in other people's minds, but sometimes in my heart, I know when the, a shift, a subtle shift ha- has happened and I've learned to really trust in that occurrence. And so I can't say for whatever reason why that shift happened. It was a feeling. I felt like my heart finally just let go. And part of that was I felt like I was no longer clinging to the curiosity or the caring about this person. I'm not trying to say that in a callous way because I do love and I do care for this person. But I realized that like, I don't think I'm going to take on the role anymore to be the cheerleader in his back corner or to be the person that's, that's showing up anymore. Just, I'm not. Being the strong one and just showing up as the strong person over and over and over again when I just haven't had in a way the same level of respect. And I guess the part that gets grieved in this is that for as strong as our relationship was, is that doesn't mean that there's going to be love for me on the way out. That's a revelation I had when I came back on on Sunday. I just felt in my heart that logic did not bring me to this place right now. But it was a subtle feeling that my heart let go and I really trust in it because I know when those subtle shifts happen and I know that they stick. And I think something that I would encourage is, and some things that were happening around that time that I think kind of solidified this feeling is that I ended up, you know, I flew back into New York and and dropped off my stuff at this Airbnb that I had to stay at and immediately went to go meet up with this guy, you know, this guy friend and his mom in Central Park. And there was just something so special, I think, about like the reunion of that. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for him, uh, even when he's been self-destructive. And I think maybe people might know him a little bit of that as, as living on the edge. And yet I've always seen something that's a bit tender. And it was just really... I remember seeing him try to find each other in Central Park and finally finding him and just feeling like I was walking towards someone that had gotten better in life. And I'll tell you a little bit about him is that, you know, I've known him for middle school. He was like the first crush I had in middle school. And when, when I moved back to New York, he moved to New York. And I remember it was like, he, it was very a destructive phase in his life. And I chose at that moment that I could stick around for this 
And, you know, I could try to help him change like he was kind of insisting could happen. Or I could turn my eyes away from it. And I could let him have and go through this experience without trying to be this egotistical person that comes in and actually believes that she can change anything and that a man would actually want that. For several reasons I could talk to you about, I don't believe they do. I mean, do they want to change? Do they want to get better? Yes. But are they ultimately going to want to be with the woman that's seen them kind of make this metamorphosis? I don't believe that they do. I think a lot of the times we end up, people end up, you know, being catalysts for enormous change in our life with us facing demons, if you will. But ultimately, that person that enables that, that is the catalyst of that, kind of gives them the wings and the permission to leave the nest and go find someone that hasn't had to see that darkness. That in a way has, that they get to kind of let go of that and be the person that they've become without the quote-unquote baggage. And when I saw him in Central Park and how he's doing, it really confirmed to me that that was a mature choice for me to make at that time. And I feel like it was the right choice for me to make. I think sometimes you have to know yourself well enough. For me, I've been someone that judges and hopefully has gotten a little bit better about it, but judges people that are in destructive states, that are using a lot of drugs. And I feel like if I see too much of that, I will hold it against them. I will always know. I I just... I'm fearful of it. More than judgmental, I'm fearful of that side of people so that I would hold it against someone. And I think it was a smart move for me to make to not think that I could change anything about that, that he needs to go through this process. And in the meantime, I was going to look away from it so I could potentially preserve our relationship, whatever it is, our friendship, the potential even for something. I'm not saying there really is potential or you know that we're thinking that way. But I think that those are smart moves that you end up making in life is that you see when someone should be in your life and when and the role you should play. And and you kind of commit to that. You commit to your your intuition about how you should and should not be showing up for people. And that not everyone needs you in order to get strong. You know, that's just also the reality. So that was nice. And then I ended up seeing a friend a girlfriend of mine. That was great. And then this other male friend of mine and I met up. And I think that this is something that also kind of solidified the fact that like my heart had let go. And I think sometimes it's about after a breakup, choosing to kind of maybe see what wasn't there in your relationship that you kind of were needy or you find like necessary kind of ingredients in your life. And for me, it has always been something that I've always yearned is like a man that can initiate conversations, right? That they didn't just become like this thoughtful, curious, emotionally intelligent, these are ridiculous words, all because of me, all because I kind of pulled it out of them, right? At this point in my life, I really want to meet someone that I'm not a catalyst for that, but they've lived their life according to that because they wanted that before me. They tried to become that before me. So there is this guy that I always felt like, and there was no kind of cheating in my mind going on, but I I did think about him during my relationship or at certain points, like, man, this guy and I always, even though he was in this long-term relationship and I started hanging out with him, before I got involved with anyone and then I got involved with anyone and we weren't hanging out. But during that time, I always thought like, this is a guy that we can close down like restaurants and talk for hours upon hours. And that there was so much laughter during it, but there was so much depth. There was so much exploration. And long story short, ever since my breakup, I remember 
given too much away here, but I remember early on after my breakup thinking about him because again, I always thought about just his capacity to converse. I'm going to answer your question, Duval, as I just wrap this up. And I think that something that was really, I think sometimes after a breakup, you need to kind of look for the things that you felt like were super important for you to have in a relationship and maybe to seek them out, not to to do it through dating, but to do it through friendships. So me having this night, you know, this central park, you know, outing with this one guy and to see kind of this decision I made back then and how I think it really played off for the best now. And then also, you know, meeting up with another guy after and having this long, I mean, we could be together for five hours and it can go by like that. It was really reassuring to me of the decision that I made to break up and it, it it kind of solidified what is really romantic to me out of someone else what I really admire just in a person in general and what I want more in my life especially in my romantic relationships and I think that's something why those were two things that were happening around this feeling that my heart had finally let go that kind of validated that for me okay let's see this question that I got when is it time to let go of an unrequited love in your mind Someone, there's been flickers of strong romantic possibility, but the dynamic just keeps not becoming what you want it to be. Oh, wow. I never understood like um, what that meant, unrequited love. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was just something that you keep on thinking that there's this potential for, and maybe it it is a little bit more one-sided, but it never ends up getting played out as you believe it can be. By the way, I really feel like every question that I get from a man has to do with this. Okay, I got it. When is it time to let go of someone? There's been flickers of strong romantic possibility, but the dynamic just keeps not becoming what you want it to be. I think that honestly, like, and this is just off the cuff of me not sitting down and like piecing together all my thoughts, but I think you let go of unrequited love when really the dynamic just keeps not becoming what you want it to be. There's so much to be said about the fantasy of what could be, and you think that like timing is getting in the way or circumstances are getting in the way and only if we could overcome that that you know it's a true idea of desire right unrequited love is based in desire if only we could close the gap we would get what we want but i think that there's also something about that sort of dynamic is is really trying to not romanticize why it hasn't been working out but logically thinking about why it hasn't been working out and i think that unrequited love instead of reading so much possibility into it and having the possibility or these like bursts of chemistry or you know these flickers like you say having that be the thing that you kind of grasp onto the more intelligent and realistic approach is to really just see how the dynamic is playing out and I think that what the relationship really is it's not the flickers it's not the burst of of connection it's the fact that two people can't get onto the same page with it and I think are forcing forcing maybe even sometimes to read like romanticism in it like this could be so romantic if it was like this chase and things weren't allowing us to get to each other and look what we overcame to be together and I was actually talking to the guy that I was speaking about earlier about men that write into me that talk about how like the timing is off and that they want to wait for someone and I asked him his thoughts and he said I think it's an excuse and ultimately like I do too I do too. I think that I read something along the lines of something like the right person never comes at the wrong time because if they come at the wrong time, they were never the right person. And it's really, it's really believing that our tendency to want to make people into more and want to kind of decide and and determine what they are for us 
is what keeps us trapped and almost heartbreak. And I think the best thing you can do for yourself is really look at the evidence that you have of that the relationship, it's not gaining traction. It's not gaining momentum. And that's for a reason. I think things should be a little bit simpler in the beginning. And if it's not, there's too much resistance from some party or just from the world. You guys aren't meant to be together. This is just an apology that this episode is coming late to you and it's also kind of meandering and I don't know what you guys will feel about it. I don't know if there's room for episodes like this, but they may need to happen as my schedule fills up and I learn as I get more busy with more work how to really manage all the projects and all the passions and all the great opportunities that are just up in the air for me and that I'm in pursuit of and that are being brought into my life. I feel so thankful. I'm just going to close this out by telling you I think these prayers are working, guys. Every time I ask the world to put me to work, more work is given to me. So I'm not going to complain that things are a bit busy now. I just hope that you will stick with me as this podcast evolves and I evolve with it. And hopefully, because of some of the gems on this podcast, we all evolve together. If this podcast has resonated with you, please consider leaving a review and a rating. This is the way that people that neither of us know find out about the podcast and it makes its way into people's ears. Also, of course, if you have a family member or a friend that is struggling with areas of their own life, surrounding heartbreak, or just breaking out of patterns and beliefs and ideas they have of themselves, please send them an episode. You never know. You can be the catalyst for a shift in their life that begins to change. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things that are necessary. If you want to reach me in the podcast more, you can find me at Thank You Heartbreak on Instagram, where you can email me directly or send me a direct message with questions, topics, things that you want me to talk about, potential guests to have on. If you're a potential guest that wants to come on to be interviewed or even to have a coaching session with me on air. If you want to get to work and work with me one-on-one, I have plenty of services that really cover the gamut. E-coaching services that are a lot like the advice column. So if you're a writer and want advice that you can return to again and again, it is almost like a more tangible form of coaching. I think that could be a great option for you. But along with e-coaching, I have phone coaching and in-person coaching in New York City. There's everything from one-on-one sessions to package deals. And you can find those at breakupward.com. And you can check out directly through breakupward.com slash shop. There's a cart. It's super simple. And we can get started pretty damn quickly. Thank you, everyone, for being here with me and giving me the space and the room to show up in the hour that I can and to be thinking about you always to be invested in these topics and to be working hard at bringing this material to you and just refining my own understanding of heartbreak and personal growth. Until episode 20, I'll be thinking of you and rooting for you too. Bye everyone.